This is Brother Julius Adeomi and our brother David Filani here. We were discussing the signs of the end and everything that is happening, how it fits into the biblical prophecies. And right now we we went in the last broadcast, Brother David, we went as far as talking about the mark of the beast, the Antichrist system, the Sardinian seventieth week. Now we want to move it a little bit. How will this thing end? Okay. What does Lord say about what will happen at the end? Now that's another. We like to answer these questions if you see a pattern by just going to the Bible prophecy, so that we are not giving our opinions or our no. our own idea. Just going to the scriptures now, because the scriptures answer all these questions. Let me make a statement so that you can understand the reason for going to the scriptures is that God is omniscient. Our God, He knows everything. That He knows the past, He knows the present, He knows the future. Because He knows the future is why He can tell us the future before they happen. Yeah. So the statement I want to make for our audience is this. God Himself is the ultimate prophet. He foretells the future. He does it by revealing that future into certain chosen men which are called prophets like Daniel, like Moses, like David, like the Isaiah, and tell them to go and report it to other men or write it down so we can read it. But the prophecy, the source of prophecy is God himself. My father, the scripture tells us this, the spirit of Jesus, the, te the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Oh, yeah. that's, that's the thing to understand. So these are God foretelling the future for us. The question that you raise uh, is that how is this current war system going to end? And that question is answered for us in the book of Daniel chapter 2. So we're going to take you there. And we're going to look at that. How God described how everything is going to end. The current war system. Now when I say the current war system. I mean the system that defines that. Wherein you have nation states today. And you have groups of nations forming alliances, like the European Union, like the African Union, and then you have the great United States of America, and then you have the, uh, uh, the Russian um, Empire, the USSR, and all those type of things. So you have nation states and great alliances of nations. That's the current world system, as it is right now. And in Daniel chapter 2, describe how that is going to evolve over time and and if you're familiar with that scripture it was a dream that the king at that time the head of the kingdom nebuchadnezzar had why do you use the word evolve and i and i and i struggle with that evolve meaning how it resolves itself over time that's what i mean by evolve how it emanates like like a play how a play and plays play out, out. Okay. how it plays out over time okay. so i guess we should use the word playing out. Yeah, because the, when we look at that chapter of Daniel, 
And chapter 7 comparing scriptures with scriptures, he says it is God take it over from them and give it unto the saints. Yes, so that's, that's a very saying. good question. That's I don't mean... Evolving. Like yeah, evolution, it's like it's just, minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, I, I, and I'm glad you said that because that was not intent. Yeah. Uh, but, but we are just talking about how it will play out over play time, out, okay. how the event plays out, right? Yeah. So in Daniel chapter two, let me describe the vision. This king had a dream of night, and Daniel interpreted the dream to him. Daniel actually retold him the dream because the king forgot. And then Daniel interpreted the dream. And the king, the, 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 and it is described very clearly from Daniel chapter 2, verses 20, starting from verse 20. And, and, uh, and, and, and the word here is that Daniel said, Daniel says something which I, I, I want to even say before we talk about the dream. He said in verse 20, he said, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and mind are his. And he changed the times and the seasons. He removed kings and set up kings. He gave wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know that no understanding. And so you see that God is the one who reveals secrets. He's the one who actually prophesies. That is why the Bible actually is our prophet. <laughs> because it is the actual revelation of God that reveals the future for us. So that's why we always go to the Bible so we can we can examine what God has revealed because in verse 20 it says he reveals the deep and secret things because right. he knows them, right? That's how he reveals them. So now that takes us to the particular dream that was revealed here. And the dream that was revealed here is that there was a figure appear to this king. A composite figure. Picture of a man that was glowing, you know, and the head was gold. The breast and arms, it was a, a, like a statue. The head of this figure was gold. The breast and arms were of silver. The belly and thighs are of brass. The legs are of iron. And the feet were partly clay and partly iron. That's the vision that he saw. Yeah, that, that uh, was, was 31 to verse 34. Yeah, that is verse 31 to 34. I just repeated it from memory because that's exactly what it says. Now. Now, what is the interpretation? The Holy Spirit in Daniel revealed the meaning, the interpretation of what this is. And the, 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 the one, what he says is that each, this particular figure represents the world system historically, from history up until the end. That's what that whole figure represented. The head of gold represents the kingdom that was ruling really at that time, and that was the kingdom of Babylon, which Nebuchadnezzar was the head of. Right? Was the head of gold. It was the head of gold because he had so much wealth and control over the whole known world at that time. Right? And we could read those verses yeah. if if we're just talking about them, but we can read them also. Right? Yeah. Let's read it out to, uh, okay. to the people so that they see that if they have their Bible, go get it up. Daniel chapter two. And starting from verse 31, it was where Daniel started telling the king that thou sawest a great image, which, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. And verse 32, he said, the image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet, part of iron and part of clay. That was the vision. 
so and then it's in not finished. They say, Pastor, if I say, Thou saw still that a stone was cut out without arms, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and break them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the shaft of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. That was the dream. So that was the dream. So, and I'm glad you read it because I actually didn't talk about verse 35, which was the last part of the dream. That there was some, an event happened after the figures appeared. There was a stone caught out of the mountain without hands and it smote that image and, and broke everything down into pieces. And the wind carried them away. And that is describing how everything is going to end. And the, point, the key point that you didn't stress is that it was a small image at defeat. A small image at defeat, which is telling you that it's at the end of that system. So let me, let me explain this. The Bible tells us, this is describing historically how the nation states and kingdoms would play out over time, yeah. will emanate over time, and how they will end, and what will cause them to end. It's already written in Daniel chapter 2. Now, understand. So this is the interpretation. We're going to read the interpretation and just talk about it. In verse 36, it starts by saying, this is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Verse 37, Thou, O king, are the king of kings, for the king of heaven has given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. Uh, and wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field and the fowls of the heaven, has he given into thine hand, and has made thee ruler over them all. Thou art the head of gold. Nebuchadnezzar, who is the ruler of the kingdom of Babylon, is the head of gold. And the kingdom of Babylon, at the time that this was written, was the world power. So this is the world power. They ruled over not just Babylon, but all over all the kingdoms through Syria, through the Middle East, even parts of Egypt, extending all the way to, to Turkey and so forth. That was the area that the, this king was ruling over. And it, the Bible tells it was God that gave him the power to be that king. So people always say, oh, we elected our president. But in the end, it is God that puts a king up and puts another one down because God has a plan and purpose. So the head of gold is the kingdom of Babylon. That's number one. It's the first world kingdom from the time that this particular vision was given. The head of gold was the kingdom of Babylon. How are we doing on time? So I know how fast to go. To go ahead. After, okay. after this, okay. the 39 shall arise another kingdom inferior to the and another third kingdom of brass, which shall be a rule over all the earth. So you just summarize that. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdued all things, and as iron that breaketh all this shall it break in pieces and bruise. So let, let, me, let, me, let me sort of make a comment there. So you see the head of gold, and then the, according to the dream, there was the breast and the arms of silver, right? Yeah. So the breast and the arms of silver represent the kingdom that replaced Babylon, that conquered Babylon, that replaced them. And that kingdom 
actually was two people coming together, just like you said, the breast and the arms. You have two arms, don't you? And those are, that's the kingdom of the Medes and the Persians. Yep. So this is the Medo-Persia kingdom. And historically, that's actually what happened. They were the ones who came after Babylon. And the, the Medo-Persia are the are characters like Cyrus, you know, in the Bible and so forth. So that's, that's what verse 39 talks about. And after the Medo-Persian, there was the belly and the thighs of brass. The belly and the thighs of brass. The belly and the thighs of brass, and that is the third kingdom. That's what verse 39 says. And another kingdom of brass, yeah. which shall bear rule over all the earth. This is the world power at that time. The kingdom that replaced the Medo-Persians was the Macedonia kingdom of Alexander the Great. If you have read or even watched some movies, Alexander the Great was a young man of in his studies who conquered the world from Macedonia, from Greece. All the way, overran all the kingdom from Macedonia through Asia Minor, through the Middle East, all the way to Babylon and Persia, and installed himself as the king. Swift, fast. See? That's, that's, that is the belly and the thighs of Bravo. When he died, his kingdom, he died early at 30-something, his kingdom was divided into, into actually four parts, right? And then, and that was, that was how division started after the Medo-Persian kingdom. So by the, then the next kingdom that controlled the one, then those, those, each of those divisions of Alexander kingdom can control portions of the world. Ptolemy controlled Egypt and some other guys controlled Syria and so forth. But then there comes another world power here, which are the legs of iron. That's in verse uh, 40. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron. For as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, and as iron breaketh all these, shall it break in pieces and bruises. So rising in the place of this division of Alexander's kingdom is the Roman Empire. That's what the iron represented. The Roman Empire ruled the world, like, just like the scripture says, that because it was strong and subdues everything in its power. From Rome, all over Europe, all over Asia Minor, North Africa, all the way to the East, Roman Empire. That's historical fact. And that's what was described here as the legs of iron. Now, significantly is that, in, then in verse 41, it talks about the feet, okay? So, the, so and, and whereas thou sawest the feet and the toes part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, and there shall be in it of the strength of iron for, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with merry clay. Now, let me comment on that. What he's talking there is that the Roman kingdom shall splinter into, just like the feet. The feet has toes, you know, ten toes. It's just describing the splintering of the Roman kingdom into smaller groups, which is what happens. Smaller groups in this case meaning smaller nations. So you have the Roman Empire divided up into nations of Western Europe. So you have England, you have France, Germany, Romania, and all these countries. And also that's the Western part, because there's two legs. Eh? There's the Western, Western Roman Empire and the Eastern Roman Empire, which is all this sort of what we call, I suppose, today, uh, Middle East and Asia. This is all part of of the Eastern Roman Empire. So it says it, they will divide and some of them will be strong, some of them will be weak. It's like clay is weak or, and then iron is strong. But it's a broken apart of the Roman Empire into splinters and into pieces. Historically, again, that will happen. And that is what we have today. There's groups of splintered nations 
of the Roman Empire that both, like I said, all over the world, North Africa, Western Europe, Eastern Europe, Middle East, these are all splinter nations. Um, look, as far as Terry said, and then, sorry, as far as said, that's why I am mixed with my clay. They shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Mm -hmm. Explain that for the audience. Well, that, that really means that iron and clay cannot mix. So what you see here, this is described, what you see here is that, according, so iron rep and clay represent philosophies of government. All right, and then what you have is two major philosophies arose over time, after the, uh, the Roman places, and you have capitalism, you have communism. So you're gonna have communist countries, you're gonna have capitalist countries. And that is what this iron clay represents. That is two different philosophies of government, of economics, that, that seem to, and so you have generally in the Eastern Europe, they were communists, you know, and then the Western Europe, they're capitalists. And at the end of time, they will attempt to intermingle communism and, and capitalism together. And you could also, there's other factors, but those are the two major factors. There's also Christianity and Islam and so forth. But here, just those two philosophies cannot mix because they are opposed. So, so does iron and clay cannot mix capitalism. And you can see that in a country like Russia, for instance, and China, they are trying to adopt capitalist uh, philosophies into the economy. But the more they do it, the more they realize we still, because capitalism means you have to relinquish control. And they don't want to relinquish control. They want the control to be in the arms of the leader of the government. So therefore, the, the communists will end up in the end. They will become, they will still remain communists, and the capitalists will remain capitalists. And also, we see when you talk about they, they shall not cleave one to another. Mm -hmm. You can think of these nations that are weak nations. They are all in United Nations. Look at United Nations. That seems to say everybody is having a vote, not so. Mm -hmm. And that is like trying to mix these poor nations and the big nations and trying to make them to, to, to cleave in a way. I see they are not really cleaving. Look at the Arab countries and they try, oh yeah, we're going to make a green, but they don't. In the, they, I remember Yasser Arafat in those days. He said, well, we give them only branch, but right, he has a sword in his hand. So it's like they are not really cleaving. That's because that of way. their philosophical uh, differences, exactly. right? You know, so the philosophical differences, again, uh, they certainly economic, but there's also religious, there's also tribal, there's all kinds of things, right? Yeah. So this will not allow them to actually click, even though they will attempt yeah. to form United Nations, this Arab, this, all of that, but it's not going to happen no. because they are, they are just different, quote-unquote. Uh, if I can then go to verse 44, unless you want right. to say something. Okay, so now, uh, this is important. And in the days of these kings, the kings of the toes, as we have the splintered nations, multiple, this, the time that we are in now, in the history of the whole world, is the most nations you ever have. So you have kings, a multiplication of kings. Say for instance, talk about Africa. Africa was ruled by colonialists up until the 50s and 60s. And then they gave them independence and Africa alone produced tens and scores of nations. So you have nations all over the place. Uh, and the United States was ruled by United Kingdom before. They fought them and broke away and became a nation on the earth. So you have an explosion of nation states. It's what is described as the feet of iron and clay, feet, splinter yeah. nations, right? And it's in those days, uh, is giving us a time marker here. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. Oh, praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. The God of heaven shall set up a kingdom. 
Now the kingdoms that we are talking about before were the kingdoms of men, the kingdoms of the Gentiles. It is during the times of the Gentiles that all those kingdoms shall arise, meaning they rule themselves, they rule the world. But there is a kingdom that is to come. The kingdom of God of heaven shall set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. Understand, the kingdoms of all these nations is destroyed by this kingdom that is going to be set up shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break into pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sowest, verse 45, that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, that it broke in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, not itself from the iron, which is the Roman Empire, as I told you before, that's what is really the precursor to all these nations. Broke the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, the gold. The great God has made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain and the interpretation thereof is sure. In other words, this is God's interpretation. In other words, there's a kingdom which is referred to, this is the kingdom of God, or the kingdom that is going to be ruled by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. It's the kingdom that we take over, uh, all these kingdoms of men shall be done, gone, packed up into the dustbin of history. And Jesus himself will establish a kingdom upon the face of this earth that he will rule with this his saints. The believers in Christ shall rule the world with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the kingdom of God. And there's going to be a thousand year reign we call the millennium in the Bible. Isaiah prophesied about it. Revelations talk about it ex extensively. And that's the kingdom. And that kingdom will never end because it continues to eternity. This is the prophecy of the book of Psalms. David, David, God prophesied, said, that's what the Lord said to David. He said, is coming a king that shall retain your throne, that shall sit on your throne. He will rule from Jerusalem. That's why Jerusalem is always in trouble because the devil knows that's where Jesus is going to rule from, oh, yes. right? So this is the kingdom. That's the message of the Bible. The kingdom of Jesus is coming. He is inviting you to be a part of that kingdom to accept him as Savior and as Lord. And if you do, you are one of his sins to whom that kingdom is going to be given. Amen. And that makes it, me want to talk about the point that look. The, the rabbinic Jews, because you may be listening, that is listening to this, you may be a rabbinic Jew, that the generation of the Jews that are scattered into diaspora were thinking that Jesus is not their Messiah. And the, 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 the Messianic Jews of this generation right now are realizing that they have been deceived by their fathers that they didn't want to believe Jesus. So if you that is listening, you are, you are a rabbinic Jew, that you have been listening to the what the, uh, the former the, what the rabbis have been telling you before know that Jesus is what is going to take over this kingdom of this world and he's calling everyone, he's choosing the Gentiles and the Jews that are going to be saved like Apostle Paul said he said that in the end all Israel shall be saved, that means all Israel that were alive by the time he will show in the sky but you want to be one of them. If you are one of, if you are listening, you want to be one of them that will that will be alive when Christ shall show up in the sky. Because he's going to show up in the sky at the end of all these things when there will be wars and so on. He said he shall mm -hmm. come, his feet shall be upon Mount Olives. All of those things. We are not pointing to those Bible verses, but they are in the prophets. And perhaps we can even talk about them in the next broadcast, yes. right? To explain to you, to the like end, my brother true. has said, is that 
the Lord Jesus Christ is the Messiah that is promised in the Bible. And he has actually come. Why the, 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 uh, the, the fathers, the rabbis or the fathers of the Jews missed him is because they thought he was going to come as a conquering Messiah. He's going to be a political figure. But it, was, it came as a redeemer, the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. To come later on, after receiving a kingdom from his father, to come later on to establish that kingdom upon the face of the earth. But uh, the revelation of the Holy Spirit and a complete understanding of the prophecies of the Bible shows us clearly. Jesus is coming back soon. That's the second coming of the Lord. That's prophesied all over the, in, in the New Testament and in the Old Testament also. Jesus is coming back soon with his saints, the Bible says, you know, and then to establish a kingdom upon the face of the earth here. His headquarters shall be Jerusalem, right? And yes, that is the kingdom that those Jews in those days thought was to come. Because yes. We can see that the Bible said they were blinded for a purpose. Mm -hmm. So we can appreciate that, that they were blinded for a purpose, but God has a plan. They were thinking, the apostle said they were compelling them not to go and preach to the Gentiles. They didn't understand the plan of God. That's why they miss him. They are thinking it's only for the Jews only. Yes. But God had a plan for the old man race. He said, I told Abraham, through thy seed, the old world shall be blessed. And that is through the Messiah. And that is why we are pointing to you that is a Jew that is listening to it. If you are a Jew, that accept Jesus as the Messiah. And he's coming back soon. He will receive those of you. And we are going to wrap up this one because we are...
Praise the Lord. Well, we will continue this message in the next broadcast. The Bible said, Precept shall be upon precept, line upon line. A little there, a little there. And I pray that you will not miss the next broadcast so that you can build upon that which you have just learned today. The Bible said, Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. In, in other words, we can say faith coming by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. It's not just a one-time shot. You must keep hearing the Word so that your faith can be built up. We shall continue this message in the next broadcast. Don't miss the next broadcast. God bless you.